0: Good morning, church. Y'all what, glad to see winter back after a week of spring? Well, I think that's what we got for a few days. Uh, you just never know. Uh, how many of you got fever to go out and plant something? Yeah, <laughs> us too. It is that time of the year. Um, but we are glad you're here today to to worship and to to consider all that, that uh, God has before us. Over the last uh, month, we've taken a journey through this little short passage of Micah six eight. When's the last of you time any of you spent a month looking at one verse of the Bible? Been a long time, and yet there's much in this verse that challenges us and that we can learn from. That God calls us to, you know. And, and as I've looked at that over the last month, and as as I've thought about the messages and thought about. Uh, Considered these things. Uh, first of all, I hope that you have been challenged and that you have learned as much as I have been challenged and uh, to go about these things that we are called to do. Uh, we've heard it a lot, uh, an awful lot over the last month, but for one more time, let's read that verse out of Micah 6 that we've been looking at all month. Now, the NIV translation, uh, Micah 6 8 reads, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you, but to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. So we've gone through this passage, and as I, even again this week, looked at it, I'm drawn to, to several things uh, that this passage, um, that it draws us to. And even if you go back to the, to the very first of that chapter in Micah 6, 1, um, it's, it's an imperative statement that we're, we're, we're drawn to. It says, listen to what the Lord says. In a couple of translations, it repeats that to make sure that he gets your attention. And that's what this passage of scripture is about. It's about Micah coming with words from God to get the people's, uh, the nation of Israel's attention because these are important words that God has for them as the chosen people. But these are words for us because today we are God's chosen people. Listen to what the Lord says. In other words, sit up, stand up, wake up. These are important words that God has for us to say, to hear. Now sometimes I think we approach some of these passages of Scripture and we kind of take them nonchalantly and, and they're just words for, from a long ways in the past. Uh, but these are words for you and I uh, today. The things that that Micah was about to say were important for the nation of Israel to hear and then in, in as the, the verse eight begins it 's a reminder it 's a reminder of the nation of israel it 's a reminder to us that God has been faithful through the ages, He has been their God, He has guided them he has has, has freed them from slavery in egypt he has has supported them, he has encouraged them, he has gone down their paths with them. But I think also it says, just in case you don't remember, how many times do you and I need to be reminded of what God has done for us? Even if it's just sitting down and saying, man, I can't believe what I've just been through, but man, how much worse it would have been if God wouldn't have been there without some direction from God. What in the world would I have done? But here, Micah is saying, Yeah, there's evidence that you've forgotten. There's evidence that God's calling you back. So listen to what God requires of you. These things are important. These things are important. uh, The prophet Micah says because God says, it appears that you've forgotten these. And it appears many times that we in the church have forgotten these as well. Listen up. God requires His people to act justly. He requires us to love mercy. He requires us to walk humbly. Anytime we come across that word requires, how many of us really like that word? (laughs) Because there's a mandate there. There's something that we are called to be about. These are the things that God requires. You know, sometimes I think that that because we are a grace understood people, that we understand that it's by grace that we have been saved. that not anything that we've done, that sometimes we just forget that God asks something of us to be able to do. That he requires us to do some things like to to testify of our faith. To understand what it means to act justly. And what it means to, to, to love mercy. And what it means then to walk humbly. The reality is sometimes we question a requirement. Sometimes we just deny it, that it is a requirement. Sometimes we come to those requirements in life with some resentment. Anybody ever have those? And somebody tells you you're required to do these things that you carry a little bit of, a little bit of anger, maybe a little bit of resentment in those. But again, we need to remember that these were the words of Micah to the chosen people of God in the Old Testament. But a prophet's words aren't just for those that heard them then. They are for those that, that come after to be the, the chosen people, and that means you and I. So these are words that, that God also speaks to us on this day. So look at this passage and reflect on those times of my own need for reflection First, I realize that someone has to come to me and tell it to me straight. Sometimes I get to that point that I just need to hear from somebody else. Even though I don't like to hear that and experience that, somebody just needs to come and tell it to me straight. Sometimes somebody has to get my attention. Anybody like it when you, somebody has to get your attention, calls you out, makes you wonder? Second, I see that through the sacrifice of Jesus and the introduction of the new, new covenant, we, the people of God, are now that chosen people. We, the people of God, need to listen as well. We, the people of God, need to understand justice and mercy and humility. So church, for these words, Micah today is saying to us, These are the things that God requires. These are the things that God requires. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at justice and loving mercy and then walking humbly, I see a whole lot of action involved. I see a whole lot of intent involved there. I see a whole lot of very important issues that God calls us to. You know, to, to be the, sta- the 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 standard bearer for someone, to stand in the gap for them, and to make sure that they are being treated appropriately and fairly and justly and rightly, sometimes you have to put yourself on the line there, right? You have to be able to, to, to stick your neck out a little bit and say, you know, folks, y'all need to back off, and this is really what is right and just in this place. Sometimes even in my own case, it's somebody needs to stand in and say, say, justice, we've got to stand in and do those that are right. How many have you ever seen at school or at work where somebody's been picked on? Somebody's been bullied? Yeah, you can raise your hands. It's okay. You know, it's your call there and an active, to be proactive and Providing a, a sounding board of justice in those. Say, what you're doing is not right. And yeah, it takes some action. It takes hard work. It takes a willingness uh, to put yourself out on the line. It takes, it takes a great amount of courage sometimes to be, to be that voice of justice. And then we come to the part of loving mercy. How many of you love Mercy. How many of you need mercy? Okay, I need mercy. But how many of us take loving mercy to understand that it's our job to, to offer that to others? To be willing, to be proactive, to take the stand, to, to be energetic, to be that source of the voice of God to offer mercy to those people that have fallen and, and need some care? Mercy, offering to someone relief from punishment that they deserve, right? But what's the easy thing to do is just walk away and say, hmm, they shouldn't have done that. They just got what they deserved. It's what society does, right? It's what we're tempted to do because that's the easy way out. But there's a lot of, a lot of hard work in, in understanding Mercy. But you know, as I looked at those two things and in, in acting in ju- justice and loving mercy, and then I come down to the third requirement. You know, I think in our society, in my world, and probably since it's in my world, it may be in you, your world as well, the hardest of the three may be the last. And that's to walk humbly with God. Some of you might say, well, that's, I don't understand. Well, maybe let's put some of this together. Walk in, walk humbly. To, to be a humble person. To walk in humility. Now, I think the problem with that may be what we understand is the dictionary uh, definition of humility. Because this is what dictionary defines humility as. It's having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance or of low social, administrative, or political rank. rank. Or as a verb, it is to lower the individual's dignity or importance. How many of you like that, hearing those words and saying God wants you to walk in humbly with Him? Anybody like those words of lowering your importance and lowering your dignity and all of those things? I can tell you that it's really hard to understand biblical humility because our society has told us that that's not what we're supposed to be. Our society has told us that it's all about me, right? It's all about me and how well I perform. It's all about me and the awards that I get. It's all about me and the job that I do. It's all about me. It's all about me. And yet God calls us to walk humbly with Him. You know, I'm afraid I'm afraid in our families sometimes we, we present that as what we should do. Always care about you. Always do those things that are right so people will recognize you. Do those things that are important so your boss will recognize you. Do all of those things and we start getting into our mind that that the acts that we do are more important than the reason that we do them. I'm afraid that it's taught in our schools. I'm afraid that it's taught in our universities, in our sports, and on the job. Too often, I am afraid, it's all about being the best no matter who you have to step on to get there. But wouldn't you know it, in the midst of all that we're taught, all that society is encouraging, all that society is promoting, God, through Micah, calls us to act justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with God seems there's a lot to consider in that and a lot of hard work to get beyond and to understand what this walking humbly is. C.S. Lewis and others defined uh, pride, that wonderful five-letter word of pride, as the very opposite of humility in a biblical understanding. In his book, mere, mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote these words. According to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the, most, the utmost evil is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all of that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation, every family, since the world began. You know, I read those and say, man, those are, those are tough words to hear. And it's a, and it's a great contrast to what Micah's words of calling us to act justly in loving mercy and walking humbly with God. Now compare the words of pride that CS Lewis just wrote and compare those to the words of scripture coming from Philippians chapter 2 where it says this Therefore if there is any encouragement in Christ any if there is any consolation of love if there is any fellowship of the spirit if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind maintaining the same love united in spirit and ten on one purpose Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests but also for the interest of others. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. This is that passage of scripture that translators through the ages have called us called that short portion of Scripture the imitation of Christ. You see, that's what Jesus was and that's what he did. He did not lift himself up. He walked very humbly and he called us to do likewise. And yet that's so hard for us to do. It's so far hard for us to do. In our our humanity, we may be able to take up the cause for somebody else. We may be even able to offer mercy. But along with that, how many of us also carry that desire to be made known of what we've done? Make everybody come and pat you on the back and make you feel a little bit better about what you've done. maybe sometimes we carry, we go to that thought and maybe sometimes consciously, maybe sometimes unconsciously you know if I do this maybe somebody will do that for me in the future or maybe even now it's not what this passage of scripture is talking about it's talking about taking those steps and going and acting with no reward that you would ever expect Consider these words from an author unknown that says, Some never get started on their destiny because they cannot humble themselves to learn, grow, and change. Ooh, change. Some never get started on their destiny because they cannot humble themselves to learn, grow, and change. God says, when you're humble, You're free from pride and arrogance. You know that in your flesh you're inadequate, yet you also know who you are in Christ. You see, you don't need to defend yourself when you understand what the Bible says about humility because you know who you are in Christ. You know what God has called you to do. You know what God has called you to be. You know what he's called you to to do. You know what he's required. And humility is certainly part of that. You see, you can be a peacemaker without needing to fight for your rights. You can walk humbly in the power of the Holy Spirit and not on your own strength. Because you see, all of these things are things that if we had to do them on our own strength that we'd never accomplish what God's called us to do? You know, maybe some of you have heard, maybe some of you young guys are old enough to, to have heard this before, but how many of you heard about it's very important to be comfortable in your own skin? Any of you guys heard that? Being comfortable in your own skin? Well, some of you haven't, but being comfortable in your own skin. Know who you are. Know what your, what your destiny is. Understand and be comfortable in life. But the reality that this passage of Scripture has calls us to do is to be comfortable in who you are in God and who you are in that relationship with Christ. To be, a, to be comfortable in knowing that He is your Savior. To be, a, be, a, be comfortable to know that He is going to give you strength and the courage and the, and the grace to do all of these things that He has called us to do. picture of humility in the Bible is really a picture of a strong person who loves others, who's not considered to be a wimp. But that pride issue continues to come back whenever we look at that call to humility and and what the world tries to teach us and what we'd like to experience sometimes in our own life. The passage of Scripture in, in, um, in Luke 18 reads this, and it's one of those challenges where even in our faith, sometimes we get the wrong impression and we give the wrong impression where it is written. He, that is Jesus, told this story told his next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down, at their no, down their noses at the common people. Two men stood up at the temple to go and pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax man. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the other people. All those robbers and crooks and adulterers and heaven forbid, certainly not like that tax collector. You know, God, I fast twice a week. I tithe all my income. Meanwhile, the tax man slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not daring to look up and said, God, give mercy, forgive me, a sinner. Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other, went home, made, went home made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content, content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. Now, how do we see these things affecting us? How do we do those things to get us to the point that overcomes pride? How do you understand who you are in Christ? How do we get to the point of imitating Jesus? These words from Martin Luther King Jr. may kind of give us an idea. It says If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, Here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. It's our task for all of us, whether we're a student, a child growing up in a home, somebody in their workplace, a mom or a dad. What better epitaph could we ever? look for and to say here lived a great who did their job well who understood their relationship with God talked about the fact of putting ourselves on the line sometimes the fact that we've got to be proactive in understanding what we need to do and be it's a story written about a young man called Bill. He's a university student. He became a Christian while he was there going to his four years of college. The university attended was right across the street from the church. We're not too far from there, but this one was right across the street. It was one of those well-to-do churches where everybody came well-dressed and sometimes with their nose in the air. But this one Sunday morning, Bill decided it was time for him to finally get involved in the church. And so Bill came to church that Sunday with his hair all a mess and probably several colors in the mix. His holy blue jeans and nothing but a dirty, ratty T-shirt to be on. Barefooted in this, into this formal church. As he walked in and the place was packed that day, he walked in and as he began to make his way down the aisle, people began to turn and look and snicker a little bit and wonder what in the world is he doing. He getting a little bit nervous because he kept going further and further down because there was no place to sit that he could find. Finally he gets to the front row and still hadn't found a place to seat, sit so he just crosses his legs and sits on the floor. The audacity of somebody coming into this formal church and sitting on the floor in his array. About the time he started down a deacon from the back of the church in his three-piece suit with pocket watch in the, in the pocket began down the aisle had a cane in his hand because he was 80 years old and just struggled to get along. And the people began to kind of whisper and kind of wonder and just what do you do in this situation? They knew what he was about to do and certainly they didn't want to see a such a scene to be made in the church that day. Tension begins to build and just wonder about what's going to happen and how he's going to do. And the pastor has come in and he's sitting there on the platform wondering and waiting as well. But justice and mercy and humility all came to pass together that day. Because when that 80-year-old got to Bill, he dropped his cane and got on the floor right beside him. You see, he put his reputation on the line. He did something out of the ordinary. He became active. He became willing. He became obedient. Against congregational expectation, (laughs) against the norm that would have been in that church, he did what God called him to that day. You know, I don't know where God's calling any or all of us today to deal with this passage of Scripture and looking at humility. I guess another way to say is in looking at this and something that would probably look at all of us and say, you know, God's saying it's time to get over yourself. It's time to get over yourself and to think of others and to follow God in offering justice and mercy and to walk with Him in great humility. I wonder, how about us today? It doesn't have to be Bill down the street. It could be somebody receiving bullying. It could be somebody you've just ignored because you just don't know what to do or you don't like the way they look or you're afraid of them or whatever, but it's time for you to act justly and to offer mercy and to walk humbly. Maybe you've been carrying too much pride around. Expecting attention, expecting Accolades, expecting, expecting, expecting. Maybe today it's just God calling to say it's really not about you completely. It's about who you are in Him. It's a lot of hard work in this short passage of Scripture. And yet, it's words that God requires of each of His followers. Let's pray.